You're listening to the Life-Changing Discipleship Podcast. Here's the deal. If you make disciples by sitting around and talking, you shouldn't be surprised when your disciples sit around and talk and talk and talk. This is the podcast for those weary of just talking and ready to start activating in the mission Jesus gave us to change the world. The Life-Changing Discipleship Podcast, where disciples and disciple makers gather to grow and go together. Here's your host, Dr. Matt Friedemann. Hey, it's Freedy here. It's a real honor, a real privilege to have you with me today on the Life-Changing Discipleship Podcast. Thanks so very much. Listen, remember, the place for a man, for a woman complete in all their powers is in the fight. And right now today, making disciples of the nations. So we want you to stay tuned. We want you to stay encouraged. We have a rendezvous with destiny. All right, folks, uh, we're we're really excited here. Uh, In Mississippi, as you know, we have the abortion clinic that uh, made it all the way to the Supreme Court. And there was a, uh, it was our Supreme Court uh, that said, listen, we need to relook at Roe v. Wade, uh, the Attorney General, of the state of Mississippi challenges to relook at Roe v. Wade. We did. And guess what? Roe v. Wade that gave basically permission for everybody in America to have an abortion is no longer. Uh, and so what this does is it goes back to Roe v. Wade then because it is no longer the law of the land. It goes back to the states and state by state, you decide what you want to do with abortion. And of course, Mississippi is a pro-life state. We feel very good about what's going to happen there. I don't know about where you're listening from, but it may be great news, but it's going to be in the fight news for all of us because there's always going to be crises, pregnancies, always going to be women in need, always going to be children in need. And no matter where we're at on this issue of abortion, we, as a people that want to run to the sound of the pain, we are going to be people that are ever energized to go meet people at the point of their need. But again, we're real excited about what has happened there and real excited that the abortion clinic, which I go down in front of every week as what they call a sidewalk counselor, trying to tell the ladies there they have a choice. You know, the pro-choice say, we're the pro-choice people. I think we're the pro-choice people. They're going into the clinic thinking they don't have a choice. We are trying to help them to know, yes, indeed, you do have a choice, and we want to help you with that choice. Let us help you love your baby, and if you don't want to love your baby, we'll love your baby. We'll adopt your baby. We'll take your baby home. At any rate, we've been doing this for, I've been doing it for 20 years. A couple friends of mine that have been down there for 38 years Uh, Two guys named David and Doug Lane have been in front of the abortion clinics of Jackson, Mississippi for 38 years. You know, you ever heard the the concept prevailing prayer? Uh, Well, there's something about prevailing action. And I'll say the best thing of all is prevailing prayerful action. You put all that together and guess what you get? Well, after years and years and years, you get Roe v. Wade overturned. And we're going to talk more about how that happened here in just a moment. I want to want you to know one of the sponsors of our program is Wesley Biblical Seminary. I've taught here for, you know, I've, I've been saying 33 years. I've determined now it's 35 years. That, that's how well, I'm, I'm terrible at math. Don't do math well. Don't count well, apparently. But I'm about ready to start my 36th year here at Wesley Biblical Seminary, one of the best seminaries in the world, a place where you can come and check out the various wonderful things we can offer you. Our lay program called the Wesley Institute, our undergraduate program, yep, we got a college you need to discover, our master's programs, even our doctoral program, our DMN program, really, there's something for all serious disciples. So check it out at wbs.edu, that's wbs.edu. 
E-D-U. There's another thing that I want you to pay attention to as far as a little bit of a commercial here, and that is this. Uh, we have now a website that if you want, we keep talking about this 5Q method of discipleship, and I want you to be apprised of it. I want you to get up to date on it. Uh, go get the quick starter kit, all right? If you go to 5, that's the numeral 5, uh, 5QDiscipleship.com, you're going to be able to find uh, a quick start guide. Uh, just leave your email address. We'll get in touch with you that way. And you're going to love what you find. And basically, you're going to be able to read through this and start a discipleship group or help your church to start discipleship groups. So go to 5QDiscipleship.com and uh, just kind of plug in and let's see, uh, let's see how we can uh, help one another in the days ahead. So let's get back to this uh, abortion clinic thing. Again, we went all the way to the Supreme Court with this and we're thrilled, as you might imagine, in Mississippi, and I know other states are, as well, are thrilled with the outcome that Roe v. Wade gets overturned. And now uh, abortion is going to be about half as much as it was moving forward. And well, we're just thrilled, just thrilled as we can be. But I want to tell you how this kind of thing happens. No one ever thought Roe v. Wade would go away. And yet here it is. How does that sort of thing happen? Anthropologist Margaret Mead is attributed with saying, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. Now, that's true all the way back to the garden. But it's also true all the way back to Jesus, that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Jesus loves prevailing prayer and prevailing action from a small group of people. So I want to tell you a little bit about the story of my seminary and my church concerning this issue and why I think it made such a huge difference in the nation today. Decades ago, there was some evangelism professor at Wesley Biblical Seminary that sent some guys out the doors of the school door knocking so they can learn how to do evangelism. They happened to knock on the door of someone named Dr. Beverly Smith. She had started the first abortion clinic in Mississippi, and it turned out to be one of the things that began her journey to Christ. These guys knocking on her door. Now, before long, some other Wesley Biblical Seminary students banded together with concerned others. They started a small group, and they decided, we're not going to get together for Bible study particularly. They're all serious Christians. They all love Bible study. They all love prayer. But they decided, let's band together for action. Something has to be done about the 1.5 million babies annually dying in the womb in America. And they did what they called sidewalk counseling outside the abortion clinics in Jackson. Before long, lawyers started having to get involved and cases start moving through the court systems. Before long, one of the team takes up lobbying and legislators take notice and start offering up legislation. Before long, the, the drumbeat is so profound that there is no way to get elected governor or lieutenant governor in Mississippi without being pro-life. Before long, there's no way you're getting an A in my classes at Wesley Biblical Seminary unless you're out at the abortion clinic with me or at the prison. You got a choice, but many of them chose to be out at the abortion clinic with me weekly. If you wanted an A in my class, you had to get out there. And before long, we could count 9 
800 babies saved from abortions because of Jesus' work through those Wesley Biblical Seminary students and my church, Dayspring Community Church. Before long, by the way, 38 years later, these two guys that have been out there could look up and see that there is something happening at the Supreme Court with their efforts for 38 years. And by the way, that lady that started the abortion clinic, today she loves Jesus and has served on the board of Wesley Biblical Seminary. Before long, you can see a straight line from a Wesley Biblical Seminary-inspired small group to the end of abortion through a horrible law, Roe v. Wade. Now, there's still going to be abortions going on, but the end of abortion because of Roe v. Wade in a majority of American states. And men and women that said, yes, we are surrounded by evil, but we choose to live with the greater surrounding called the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Guess what has happened? I mean, we rejoice in this day, but I want to get back to that quote by Margaret Mead. Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. And so I want to suggest to you this. You need to get into a small group that takes the Bible seriously, that takes prayer seriously, that takes fasting seriously, but also takes action like works of mercy seriously. Your small group needs to learn how to run to the sound of the pain in your community and then get faithful to that place of pain and see what happens across the next year, across the next five years, across the next decade. And with my friends across 38 years, now you ask them, and I was with them, by the way, out this morning at that abortion clinic. They're still doing abortions until we got a 10-day window here in Mississippi. So they're still doing abortions there. I, I was out there this morning with my friends, with those 38-year activist friends. And if I were to ask them, was it worth it? They would say, are you kidding me? The lives that have been saved every one of those 38 years, plus now, because Roe v. Wade has been overturned, the lives that will be saved across the nation. Has it been worth it? <laughs> oh my goodness, Margaret Mead had it right. A small group of thoughtful, committed citizens. I think we could add a prayerful, active, thoughtful, committed citizens have changed the world. And y'all, that ought to give inspiration to you because you banding together with people and taking seriously the community outside of your group is going to be huge. And I so, I'm so, so very grateful for those of you who are picking up this five on this 5Q method of discipleship and have decided not only the front part of the card. Now you say, card, what are we talking about card? Again, go to five, the number five, 5QDiscipleship.com. And you get both sides of the card and you get a how-to, a quick startup guide. You can read that and start in and start not only changing yourself, changing others in your group, but start changing the world. 5QDiscipleship.com. Go check it out. I think you'll be very grateful that you did. All right, let's turn the corner just a little bit here. Because uh, we always like to get into a little bit of Bible if we can. And, uh, you know, we've been working through the uh, the books of the Bible and we're up to, I think, Ruth now. All right. So what I've done is uh, looked around and said, who could do a great job on Ruth in this building of ours? And uh, came up with a guy named Jeff Bacus. 
who is uh, has got a, a master's degree with Wesley Biblical Seminary. He's studying right now at the University of Wales in historical theology. He's a good friend of mine. And by the way, you would never know it because you don't see the behind the scenes of this podcast, but there is no life-changing discipleship podcast without his incredible help. And uh, I've told him numerous times, I'll tell him again right here, right now, Jeff, thanks for all the help across the board on everything you do for the seminary, but especially what you do for this podcast. Jeff Bacus, welcome. It is great to be here. Thank you. It is a true pleasure to be able to work with you and to help uh, produce this podcast. Well, listen, um, we're excited about the book of Ruth. Uh, how long do you, you suppose it takes to read through Ruth? Uh, not long. I would say five minutes, maybe five, five? to ten. Yeah, yeah. If speed that. reader, maybe. Come on. It's only what four chapters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, so. it's nice. And what, what I like about it is if you're into inductive Bible study, and of course, Wesley Biblical Seminary is big on inductive Bible study. It's a great book for that. Absolutely. You can find lots of fun connections in that. It's, just, it's, it's a really neat book that way. So having said that, uh, I have been asking my colleagues, and now including you, to say, give us five discipleship principles out of the Book of Ruth. Before we do that, it kind of has dawned on me, maybe we ought to give the Book of Ruth in a nutshell, kind of what it's about, what's the storyline yeah. first off, and then we'll get to the discipleship principles. Yeah, it's really interesting. It comes off of the heels of the Book of Judges, which ends on a very low note. Mm. Um we have uh, this, these throughout the book of Judges, different God raising up different judges and kind of things go badly. And then they God raises up a judge and it's good for a time, but then it always goes back to bad. And the way the book of Judges ends is on a very low note. We have this weird story about the Benjamin, the Benjamites not having any wives. And so they, uh, they hide in these vineyards. And as the women of Shiloh, are dancing, they like literally kidnap them so that they would be his wife. That's how the book of Judges so we, ends. We need some good news. We need some good <laughs> the, news. The, That's... Canon, the, 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 the storyline of the Bible now needs, after the book of Judges, we need some good news. Yeah, absolutely. And All That's right. where Ruth picks up. And Ruth is just this great story about how things are terrible, but how they end with expectant hope. And it ends with this baby being born, who ultimately is the ancestor of David, and then ultimately Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so it, it sets up the rest of the Bible, really, for hope. Great. It's amazing. And so you need to read it. And by the way, you can, you can read it tonight before you go to bed. Just Absolutely. Open it up in your bed, read it, and go to sleep. Be a great store to, to sleep on. All right. So I want the five discipleship principles out of the book of Ruth, we'll talk through these. Number one. Number one, discipleship is necessary to make it through the pain of life. All right. Wow. That's a that's a good one, an important one. What are you talking about here? What do you mean? There is a lot of pain, like we just alluded to, uh, in the beginning of this story. Mm. Um, Ruth uh, is not an Israelite. She's a Moabite. It starts with Naomi, who has a husband, and things are bad in the land, so they actually move to Moab where things are a little bit better. Well, he dies. His two sons, who marry Moabite women, one of those is Ruth, they die. So Naomi is left husbandless and sonless and with two daughters-in-laws that are not Israelites. In the ancient Near East, you didn't want to be caught without a man. Exactly. And if you were a widow, you were in a pickle. You were, you were in really big trouble. And so there's no way for her to provide 
anything for mm. her family. There's no, um, her, her family, her name has been pretty much cut off from Israel at this point. There's just, there's very little hope for her very painful situation. And so the only thing left to do is to move back and trust that the Lord will do something. Mm. And so what happens is though, is she takes these, uh, two women, uh, with her back one stays with her ruth which we'll, we'll obviously get into a little bit but one abandons her but, but, but abandons by invitation by invitation you need yes. to go do a better thing with your life i'm not the better thing go 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 yes. get out of here so and so she she goes um but what is really interesting is that she still takes on ruth and really disciples ruth mm. brings her in and this is a really necessary thing and as as you go through the book of ruth and this idea is kinsman redeemer comes up and this, the, this discipleship happens in a very painful situation. And so I would say for, for us, when we're going through difficult situations, yep. we need people to stick by us. Like Ruth stuck by Naomi mm -hmm. and brought her through that. And eventually Boaz brings her through it all, and ultimately where she's holding this little miracle child where there was no hope, now there's hope and there's a future for her. Yeah, it's it's a great thing to walk through uh, the hell of your life with somebody. You can always make it if you got somebody with you. Absolutely. Uh, it's tough to make it on your own, and that's what the Church of Jesus Christ, that's what Sunday school classes, that's what home fellowships, that's what discipleship groups are really supposed to be all about. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So the first principle restated. Discipleship is necessary to make it through the pain of life. All right, good. Number two principle. Number two, discipleship comes from unexpected people. Hmm. This is one of those concepts where, uh, well, Ru Ru first of all, Ruth was a Moabite. Uh, she was not an Israelite. What can a Moabite teach an Israelite? Uh, how can how can an Israelite take in a Moabite? This is the, these these not uh, supposed to happen. It's not supposed to happen. Right. This is not so. Uh, Israelites were not supposed to marry foreign women, and so we have this really odd situation happening where Ru uh, where Naomi is taking on a foreigner to to disciple Boaz ends up marrying a foreigner. And so this is this is a really unique situation. Right. So it discipleship can come from anybody, and in our lives we need to be constantly aware. As as disciple makers, we need to be looking for the roots. So let me tell you a little bit about Jeff. Uh, my my life this way, I had been praying for years. Jesus sends someone in my life that's older, wiser. That wouldn't be a hard thing to do. Uh, a lot of people are wiser, almost almost everybody's wiser, but older, someone that can disciple me. And it just didn't seem like it's happened. And all of a sudden, bam, it just happened. And I, I, I met up with this guy and I said, man, I can't believe it was our relationship. Our formal relationship was coming to an end. I said, I can't believe we got to split up right now. This is terrible. Is there any way we can stay connected? He said, sure. I said, how? He said, by phone. I said, like, how's that working? He said, huh? Every week, call me up. We'll talk. So for the next five years, and he died mm -hmm. at the end of the five years. But for the next five years, I called him up on Fridays, and he'd say, so what's up? And I set the agenda. Anything I'd ask, that's what we'd talk about mm -hmm. for the next hour. 
It was rich. Was it expected? It was extremely unexpected. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how things can happen. I think that prevailing prayer thing, just keep praying, keep asking, and God's going to bring it to your life in his timing. Yeah, absolutely. And so we need to be constantly looking for that, but constantly looking for others to disciple. Ah, now there you go. Yes. So unexpected, not just disciplers, mm -hmm. but unexpected disciples. Absolutely. And those those can be those those people that you would least expect to want discipleship are craving discipleship. And uh, I remember we we do marriage mentoring, my my wife and I. And we, the first couple we did marriage mentoring for, I, I had, I hadn't met them, hadn't known them uh, from Adam and they have, were, were those unexpected people where for some reason we clicked with them in a different way mm. and have continued our mentorship of them. Beautiful. Now we have mentored other people, uh, through marriage mentoring, we've mentored other couples but for some reason, they are the ones that have really kind of bonded and stuck with us even beyond the formal yeah. uh, mentorship of marriage mentoring. And so it, it's, it's very, it was very unexpected. You know, we thought for the next eight weeks or six weeks that we're going to go through marriage mentoring and that's kind of be it. They're going to be married. They're going to be off. They're going to go. But she babysits our kids. Yeah. We go out to dinner with them. We still connect with them and it's still a relationship that continues to grow and it's very unexpected. So it's, it's a beautiful thing. Talking about the book of Ruth today in your Old Testament, and we're doing it with Jeff Bacus here, who is uh, related to our seminary, does some good hard slogging around here, and is getting his uh, degree from the University of Wales in historical theology. So the first principle from the Sopship principle from the book of Ruth, uh, listen, you need disciples to make it through. You need discipleship to make it through the pain of life. Number two, it comes through unexpected people. Principle number three, Jeff. Principle number three, it requires commitment. Mm. And this is a, a pretty basic principle, but it's so beautifully stated in the book of Ruth. And I'm going to actually read it uh, in chapter one, verses 14 through 16. Uh, this is when uh, I'm going to I'm going to back up a little bit here. Uh, Naomi is on her way back and she says, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? I'm going to have more sons. Am I going to have more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. And then I'm going to jump down to verse 14. At this, they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. And I love that picture of her clinging to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and, and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Man, that's poetry right there, isn't it? That is just absolutely beautiful. And discipleship is it requires that kind of commitment. Yeah. Between uh, between disciple Lur and the disciple Lee, it's more than just casual. It's more than just random talks. It is in, it is intentional and it requires commitment. Where where you don't feel like it, do it anyway. Well, part of the reason it takes commitment is some of it's pretty tough stuff. Christianity yeah. is not a joyride. 
No. Well, it might be a joy ride, but it's not a happy ride. Uh, sometimes it's going to be happiness. Sometimes it's going to be great joy. But then there's going to be the times when Jesus reminds you, by the way, this whole thing is about deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me no matter where I go. And Grace, it's, it's great to do that. It's best to do it. Maybe the only way we really can do it is in community, linked together with other people. But as Jeff just said, it requires extraordinary commitment. And this is this is more... I mean, we're, we're all busy people. I mean, we live in a day and age where busyness kind of just runs everything. There's so much to do, so much going on. I have two kids, and they keep me really, really busy. We had Summerfest the past two. We had Summerfest at the Res uh, campus where I attend. Uh, well, I, I used to attend. We had that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night, and then our campus where we attend in Madison, Mississippi, we had Summerfest again, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So the, for the past week, it's been really, really busy. And that dominates life. Discipleship is meant to cut through that busyness. Hmm. It takes intentionality to say throughout all the busyness in life, that's good. Throughout all of the stuff that's going on, I'm going to make room for discipleship. Yep. Yeah, and actually, even through the business, you are making disciples even then. Absolutely. So do it intentionally. Everything you do, they're watching. Everything you're about, they're about. I mean, and even in the in in the you know, Jesus's uh, great commission, mm-hmm. as you are going. It's not so much a, a destination as as you're living your life, as you're going about your day, make disciples. Yeah, what Jeff is talking about there is most of our translations just read go, make mm-hmm. disciples. But in the Greek, it's as you are going or going, make disciples. Pretty important concept. All right. Uh, discipleship principle number four out of the book of Ruth. Number four. And I had a hard time with the phrasing of this. I think I'm going to phrase it like this. It's biblically intentional. Hmm. And here's what I mean by that. In chapter 2, verses 15 and uh, 16, let's let's see what Boaz was doing here. Um, Where's 15? As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men, let her gather among the sheaves and don't reprimand her. Even pull out some stalks from her, from the bundles, and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. What is going on there? What, what, what's happening there? What he's actually doing, he's following the, the law. He's following the Levitical law. In Leviticus, I'm going to turn over to Leviticus. It's one of those be kind of poor laws. Right? Yeah, Leviticus 19, 9, and 10. Check this out. 19, 9, 10. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and foreigner. I am the Lord your God. Mm. So this is what, what Boaz is commanding his workers to do, which in itself is a form of discipleship. But he's he's backing everything up with the Bible. And he's actually going beyond what is required there, which I think is really interesting. It's not just it's not just leave the the stuff that falls behind, leave it there for people together. Take stalks out and leave it behind. No, that's great. And I tell you what, what's really great about that is you look forward to the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says, you've heard that it was said, but I say to you, and it always deepens it, broadens it, heightens it. So it's not just, hey, just fulfill the demands of the law. No, what we're trying to do is get at the heart of God here. Yeah, exactly. Boaz is getting at the heart of the law. Let's mm-hmm. take care 
of Ruth, not just do, but what, what the, the point of this is he is following a biblical model of discipleship. And he actually does this again when talking about the kinsman redeemer later on. He says, uh, he says, there's someone else actually in line to redeem you. So I can't, by the law, do it unless he uh, gives that right up. Unless he gives that right up, which, again, is found in Deuteronomy chapter 25, where he is basically saying, biblically speaking, I would love to do this as long as we're doing it the right way, as long as we're doing it God's way. That's excellent. And that's what discipleship is all about, doing it God's way, which comes with a with a warning. If you're getting discipled by someone who is not doing it God's way, get out of that discipleship <laughs> of relationship. That, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a good word. All right. So that's been excellent. You're doing great. Uh, number five. Number five. Discipleship principle out of the book of the Ruth is is discipleship is a journey. Hmm. It's taking people on a journey. What we see here is is full a full circle journey and a journey of hope, a journey of life. We see uh Naomi taking Ruth on and going somewhere. They they journey from Bethlehem to Moab and then from Moab back to Bethlehem, uh which uh, we didn't mention, but that's that's where Jesus was born. There's a whole lot of meaning behind that as well. Mm. And so discipleship is about journeying with each other uh, through the pain of life, through the circumstances of life. And it truly is, there is a destination in mind, but but it's not just about the destination, it's about journeying together to get there. Mm. And that's what that's what we see through the book of uh, the book of Ruth is that Naomi is on this journey. Ruth is on this journey of becoming integrated into the family of God. And when we disciple others, we're committing to them to bring them along in our faith journey, in our faith journey, connecting our faith journey with their faith journey that is ultimately connected to God's story. And so we are in this, it's, it's part of the communion of saints. It's part of being, uh, being a part of that great communion of saints is that we are journeying together to become more like Christ. We were talking about this yesterday, Jeff. Uh, the first paragraph of the book uh, talks about how bad life can get. Everybody's dying. You're a widow now. There's no hope. You're in, you're in the ancient Near East. You're without a man. The last thing that happens is there she is. She has a baby in her lap, and that baby happens to be in the lineage of King David and in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Extraordinary stuff. Extraordinary book. Absolutely. A book of tremendous hope, I think. It is a tremendous hope. And when when Jesus comes on the scene, what does he do? He gathers disciples, and he goes on a journey with them. He he walks with them, Mm. which is what we see here in the book of Ruth. They're walking together. They're doing life together. They're they're going together. And that it it is a beautiful book that starts grim and ends on this really just the seed of hope. Yes. It's not hope fulfilled, but it's hope expected. Yes. And that's what the Christian life is all about. We have the hope of the gospel 
and we have the hope of the Holy Spirit. But remember, the Holy Spirit is a deposit for the ultimate hope in the life everlasting. Amen. Well, de where death is undone and we will see Christ face to face. And so we have this immediate hope, but we also have an ultimate hope. And that's, that's what we find in this book of Ruth. There was an immediate hope, but that was hope unfulfilled, truly uh, unfulfilled. So it's it's an amazing book. I love it. In review here, we just done the book of Ruth, Jeff Bacus, uh, five discipleship principles. Number one, you need discipleship to make it through the pain of life. Number two, discipleship comes through unexpected people. Amen to that. Number three, it requires commitment. No question about that, my friends. Number four, it needs to be biblically intentional. Number five, discipleship is, no question about it, a journey. Hey, listen, uh, Jeff, one of the things we've been doing is talking about 5Q method of discipleship. What are some of the students at Wesley Biblical Seminary saying about 5Q discipleship? I know that you've talked with someone, you've heard them rebound back perspectives. 5Q discipleship. It's one of the markers of Wesley Biblical Seminary. It's one of the unique markers of Wesley Biblical Seminary. Over and over, I hear students say that one of the reasons they love it, love Wesley Biblical, is because it's not just about academic knowledge. Yeah, right. It's about it's about growing in your faith. Yes. That's what 5Q groups do. Yep. They provide an environment for students to grow in their faith with other students. It is a community of students. And I love that every person has to be in one. And they might think it a little inconvenient, uh, but by the end of it, they love it. Yeah. And we have five Q groups that don't stop when the semester's over, that continue on. In fact, there, there are five Q groups that have been going for years. Right. And they started here at Wesley Biblical Seminary. Exactly right. This, these students are getting more than just academic knowledge. They're getting a chance to engage with people on a heart level. So check it out, y'all. 5Q Method of Discipleship. It's actually a book. You can go get the book at Amazon.com. But if you want the Quick Start Guide, hey, I don't think you've seen the Quick Start Guide yet. I don't think so. Well, you need to go sign up for it. It's uh, it's five, the number five, the actual number five, 5QDiscipleship.com. And uh, sign up to get the Quick Start Guide. You get cards. There'll be a, a front, and the it's the front part, the five questions on the back part are the disciplines of the faith and uh and how to do it, how to actually make this thing happen. And if you work through that, you're going to be able to do it just fine. 5QDiscipleship.com. All right. It's a wrap. Hey, Jeff, great job, man. Thank you're an you. expert at Ruth, I can tell. <laughs> it's been an honor to have you listening to the Life-Changing Discipleship podcast with Matt Freedom. And so check out our Facebook page, Life-Changing Discipleship, and check out all our books at Amazon.com. Just type in Matt Friedman and go for it. Always, always tell others about our podcast. And remember, my wife thanks you, my daughter thanks you, my sons and their wives thank you. And I can assure you that I thank you for listening to Life-Changing Discipleship today. Love God, live clean, keep the faith, make disciples, and God bless you, dear friends. We'll see you back here real soon. Mm -hmm.